This is Vince McCauley. This is Coach Crayon of the Surrey Scorchers. This is Scott Melvin, CEO and co-founder of Buzz16. This is Rodney Glasgow for the Sheffield Sharks. This is Kennedy Leonard from the London Lions. And you're now listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. To the BBL Show. To the BBL Show. To the BBL Show. To the BBL Show. Enjoy the BBL Show. This is episode 10 of the Summer Road Trip here at the BBL Show. I am Jay Marriott. He is Drew Lasker. This week, we catch up with the one and only coach, Vince McCauley, back in the hot seat, this time at the Manchester Giants. How are you, Mr. Lasker? Well, I got my energy levels back up. I went back and listened to the last episode nine, and I sounded really lethargic from that Vegas trip, but... As you know, Jay, you work away. For the fans that don't know, Jay works away and goes back home every other weekend. And as hard as it sounds, you just get so much done when you're not in the presence of the family, right? So that's how I've been all summer. I've been away from my family for eight weeks and been able to get on top of a lot of things and grind. But at the same time, the other side of me really missed my family. So I was looking forward to them coming back in town. They got back Sunday. And I just forgot how fatigued you get being a family man. Oh, my God. So... I've literally, my kids have drained me, man. So shout out to my wife, to your wife, Cass, and all the mothers out there that's holding down the fourth because that is a full-time gig, my man. What's good down south with you, Jay? Busy as always, you know, exactly the same as you, just trying to squeeze in a little bit of family time and balance that with a, a very busy summer. You know yourself um, in sports, uh, it doesn't stop in the summer, despite there not being leagues, et cetera, et cetera. We know we got camps. We know we got recruitment. You know, football's already started already as well. So that's a, a completely different beast. So, yeah, just trying to trying to pace myself and couple more weeks and then I'll be in Disneyland Paris with the kids. No relaxing, as they say. You know, we're going to be, you know, I'll have my my watch on, see how many steps I get in. But anyway, people don't want to hear about dad life or maybe that needs to be another podcast for us uh, in the future when we get a little bit older. But before everything, especially getting to Coach Vince, let's hit this week's socials. It's your social media spy. It's the Marriott Minute. Okay, the sensational news out of Leicester Riders is the general Gino Crandell being bought out of his contract and will be headed to Germany. He leaves his legacy of two consecutive league MVPs, multiple trophies, and set the scene for the Riders to return to Europe. We salute you, General. You will be missed. Speaking of the Riders, they added Zach Jackson, Mark Lovin, and Jabril Adekoya returning to maintain their continuity. Newcastle Eagles finally took flight with their signings, securing Brit, Roel Graham, and import player Trayvon Broadway Jr. Surrey Scorchers secure imports Jalen Ray and Shaquem Johnson. Glasgow returned the local boys, Bunyan and Malcolm. Flyers look back to the past with a rerun with Leslie Smith. London Lions add European vet Wojtek Harubin. Cheshire Phoenix add Robbie Graham and Starman Larry Austin Jr. The Commonwealth three-on-threes are in full effect. And as it stands, as I currently speak, the England men are in the semi-finals. Women are in the finals. Scotland men are in the third and fourth place. And Scotland women's made it all the way to the quarterfinals in a valiant run. Well done to all. 
Cam Hildreth will return to Surrey Sports Park with his University Wake Forest. Bronny, son of LeBron James, is coming to London to play a Hoops Fix Select at the Copper Box. And we even had time to find Miss Alaska rolling back the years on a basketball arcade. Nothing gets any more nostalgic than that. And that's a busy week for the Marriott Minute. I'm always watching. <laughs> a jam-packed Marriott Minute at that. Jesus Christ. I mean, so much to unfold in there. We don't have time to touch on it all. But you know what the hottest take of them all is. It's the Gino Crandell story. We start there and just... Again, I talked about this last episode, Jay, that I'm six hours behind, so I wake up to a lot of these, this news. And for some reason that night, I had a stomach ache and I couldn't sleep. So I was up two or three o'clock in that morning. So I actually caught the news live and I was reacting on Twitter at dumb o'clock here in the U.S. And that I was blindsided. I'm, you know, there's so many thoughts and emotions, but I will start by saying this and your tweet was really fitting is he's been a modern citizen. He represented the British Basketball League to the best of his ability. He was the face of the league. He did it off the court, on the court. And so we wish him nothing but the best. I've said it in Twitter as well, that this is a short shelf life. So you got to get it while the getting is good, my man. So I'm happy for him and his young family. We must remember that he has a, you know, probably six months now, year old girl, um, and his missus as well. So, you know, he has mouths to feed as he's put out there on Twitter recently himself. But what were your initial thoughts when you heard this news? Um, like everybody else, like just devastated, you know, um, mainly because, you know, I, I, I was worried a, a couple of weeks before the sign-in, you know, because I could see, you know, he's riding on the crest of a wave, two times MVP, and then he starts making all this noise in the summer. You know, these NBA guys are rocking up to some some of the runouts in the leagues he was playing in, and he was proven to be the best player. And, and I was worried a little bit, but Obviously, as the signing happens, you kind of relax and you think, okay, you know, like we, we have him back for another year. He, he always spoke about if they took that step into Europe, he would be right there with them. But you said it yourself, my man, you know, at the end of the day, this, this is a win-win situation for everybody because Leicester uh, are able to take some finance for him. Um, as you said, he, he's able to test himself at a higher level. He has a family, he has to make some business decisions. I know he's really settled here in England, so that would have been a tough decision for him. You know, and obviously just getting to, to spend a really good bit of time with him, you know, when, when we did the, the, the live show, when you were getting ready for a game and he was able to spend some time with us, you know, making pizzas and doing all kinds of silly things. It was great just to, to kind of spend time and, and realize he's exactly what he says on the tin, you know, and, um, you know, I, I don't mind patting myself on the back. The the general stuck and uh, took took over the league. And you know, like like you said, I just echo what what you said is that that uh, we 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 wish him all the best at the BBL show. And um, you know, let, let's be honest, spending time with me in a pizzeria, doing a live show with Dan Routledge behind the bar, and uh, an Ant Row flipping pizzas. It wasn't going to get any bigger for him in the UK, was it? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and what a great sport as well to be able to take over that role. You know, we messaged him literally 
the day after they had lost to us and for him to be professional as he was and is and to be able to make an appearance on the show after a devastating loss after a season ending loss says a lot about his character and and now gray made a made a great point on twitter he he mentioned that this is why the league needs to continue to grow but on the other hand this is actually positive for the league and i totally agree with him because if you think about like i think about my prime the guys in the league, there were only a, a handful, less than a handful, that were leaving the BBL going to top leagues. Every year there was two or three guys max. You think about it now. Think about how many guys have left the league this year to go on and bigger and better. In particular with the German league, there's been so many guys that's left the BBL and had a great season and then ended up playing second, third division. I mean, you even think about someone like Miles Hessen, who started in, I think, fourth league Germany. Now you have someone like Gino Crandell not only going to the top league in Germany, yep. but he's also playing for a Europe Cup team as well. And we also have to remember as well, I forget his, his full name, but it's PCJ or whatever, Cartwright from, from uh, Cheshire. What's his full name? But he, he, he obviously left the BBL. Yeah. He yeah. went to France Pro B, was MVP. And then he was the MVP of the German league last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if like teams in that league or around the world are starting to take notice of the British basketball league and like, well, wow, if a guy from the British basketball league can win the MVP two years later of the German league, okay, well, let me see what the MVP in Gino Crandell is all about. So, you know, there, this is really positive news for our league and, and um, as the, this news, especially with the London Lions and the things that they're doing, is going to continue to boost it, I have no earthly idea for the for the fans that's listening and and kind of thinking about the point that you made in, in regards to the money that the Leicester Riders receive. I'm just going to throw it out there, and I have no you are more knowledgeable in this than I am. I'm just going to say 50k. I mean, what what do you think they pay to get him released from this contract? Yeah, I mean that's that's a really tough question, but Russ is a, is a really shrewd GM. You know, he he's been very very smart over the years. He's got a lot of experience. Circling back around to what you said, I'm sure that the last two seasons when we've been we apologize for the technical difficulties as Jay had a little bit of internet issues. I'm sure we'll touch on this topic more and more as we continue to roll into the season. But just quickly before we get out of here, you know, the big thing I'm seeing in UK and on, on Twitter is the three on three and how well the women or men are doing. Obviously, I don't have a chance to see it, but what's been your thoughts so far on, on, on both teams and how they've represented the country? Yeah, I mean, yeah, phenomenal, to be honest. You know, like I, I wasn't really entirely sure, you know, like three on three is, 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 is a new on the scene, not in terms of, you know, us actually playing it. It's, we've been doing that since the dawn of time, but just this revamp of three on three. And I've really been bitten by the bug. Like I've really fallen in love with it. There's, there's so much to love about it is there's these, you know, these one on one battles, these offensive and defensive reads. And then there's this whole other side of the game that's this two man game that's like on and off the ball. And, um, you know, it's just been really, really exciting. And I think both both England and Scotland have done really, really well. Obviously, the the England women's, you know, you got Shanice Beckford-Norton has just been really turning it on and, and handy in, in the last couple of games has, has really stepped up big for them. And, um, you know, the England team, the, the men's team are just rolling right now. They're, they're doing a great job. So, um, 
you know, yeah, I, I, I've been so excited for them and it, it's been like right smack bang in the middle of obviously the, the England women's team, like after giving their plaudits on the football side, who have just won the European Championship and we've got the Commonwealth Games here. And it's just so exciting to be involved in sport right now. Like you can just feel um, up here, like in the county where I am in Gloucester, you know, like there's just a lot of excitement and buzz and lots of people asking for sport right now. So, um, you know, that's that's the main thing. I, I, I've seen a lot online that the disappointment that, you know, these really big games haven't necessarily been covered, you know, and a, and a few guys, our, our man DJ Ginge even has been streaming some of it so that just so that we can watch um, some of those games. And that's that's a real shame. And and I just think it's frustrating, but we, we've got to just keep continuing to, to spread that positivity. Like we can't do anything other than, you know, we, we we just have to understand there's going to be a few doors closed in our faces as well as doors open with all this new funding and all this exciting um, uh, brand of basketball. The, the one good thing that I can say that I think will come from this Commonwealth, especially if we, you know, the, well, the girls are definitely going to medal now, which is, which is fantastic. Um, but, um, you know, hopefully that there's more legacy from them as well on the basketball side, as well as the, 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 the baby boom of, of women's football. So, Let's see what happens. Well said, my man. I will just say this. What a time to be alive for minority sport. And let's keep knocking those doors down. But let's transition into our guests. But before we do, let's take you back, way back, with a little Alaska look back. In this episode of the Alaska Look Back, we bring the man of the hour back to the show Vince McCauley, who has appeared more than anyone else, our number one guest, going all the way back to the debut of the BBL show, episode number one. He was guest number one. Then he featured in 2021 in the lead up to the cup as we had our coaches segment, followed by a snippet of him coming on the show, along with Ramon Fletcher to break down the finals between the London Lions and Leicester Riders. And then now for his fourth appearance, which is a shocker to us all, we're bringing him back on now as head coach of the Manchester Giants. So let's get him in a room. And that is your Alaska look back. Great look back as always. And here he comes standing tall once again. He is back in the BBL with the Manchester Giants. It's coach Vince McCauley. Coach Vince Welcome back to the show, and more importantly, welcome back to the wow. league. <laughs> who knew? Who knew we would hear that again? Thank you very much for the warm welcome, and uh, thank you for a club for taking a chance on me. Well, you know, I got to come into the today's show in style to represent <laughs> Mr. Vince McCauley because this is how he does it, and this is just to welcome you back to the BBL. Welcome to the BBL. I show, see you. Man. I see you, and I'm honoured. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's jump straight into it then, Coach. Like, I guess what everybody wants to know is, what is the scenario for you at Manchester? Are, are you there just, uh, you know, as a coach? Um, are you invested into the club? Are you working with Jamie? Like, there hasn't been a lot from behind the scenes in terms of the Manchester side of things, considering, you know, last year, um, you know, we had some very forthright conversations with Jamie. So there's, it's been very, very quiet. Obviously, you're making some statements yourself with sign-ins, 
But uh, what what is the scenario behind the scenes if if you're allowed sure, to share I that? Mean, obviously, I, I'm only just learning myself. Um, you know, I'd uh, you know following you know my departure from London, I was uh, decided to take some time off, which I did, as you all know, and you know went to visit a bunch of basketball clubs. I went up to see Manchester. I went down to see the Bristol Storm. I went. I saw about 25, 26 um, basketball clubs all around the country, BBL and otherwise. And um, my my thing there was, you know, normally you see everything from the inside of your basketball club. You know, you don't really get a chance to see it from outside when you're not necessarily concerned about who wins the next game or, or that kind of thing. So I learned a lot in that period of time. And uh, I know during my visit there with, with uh, the guys up in, in Manchester, I knew Jamie was getting very, very busy, wanted to take a step back. Um, the board had spoken to me briefly that... Um, you know, if an opportunity arose in the future, they might approach me. Um, and the opportunity arose, you know, just a few weeks back. Um, the, the board spoke to me and said, look, you know, what do you see about Manchester? How do you see the progress that they've made there over these last few years? And I think the group that have led the, the Giants over the past two seasons, you know, since they came out of the five-a-side football centre, um, I've done a great job, I felt. I, I thought they brought, you know, one of the brightest minds in, in Lloyd Gardner over to coach the captain of GB to lead the crew. Uh, and they showed a lot of character. They were one of the few teams that actually had real character about them um, and, and were about winning. You know, a lot of clubs talk a lot, but they're not really about winning. And these guys were about winning. You could see that by the way they got to the to the um, cup final. Um, and I think also, um, when you look at the, the player, I think it was Matavis McKnight who left and came back. You guys are players. You know that's a good sign, right? It's much easier to leave and stay than to come back. So that, that was a lot of positive stuff, I thought, about the club. So I had a conversation with them. You know, um, I had already got a lot of sponsors who wanted to go wherever I might go. Um, and um, the sponsors came along. Uh, the board said, look, you know, what would you like to do? And I said, well, to be honest, I'd just like to coach, you know, you know, start off as a GM as well and look to train somebody up, you know, to come and help on the GM side, you know. Mark Robinson, Joe Leadham. There's lots of people out there I think that would be fantastic GMs. Um, so if I can get an opportunity to work with a couple of those guys and, you know, maybe just show them a bit of my side of things, uh, um, you know, and see how they go. And the board were really excited. I said, well, why don't you do that? Let's see how this thing goes over the next 24 months or whatever. And, um, you know, if there's bigger and better things behind that, then great. Wow. Okay. Well, hold that thought on sponsorships. We want to touch back on that. But before we do, I want to rewind it back slightly because I want to give the audience an exact timeline of how this thing developed. Because this summer, the news breaks with, I'm not sure the order of it, but it's David Ulf who leaves for Cheshire. Then it's obviously Lloyd Gardner who leaves. Then it's Jamel Anderson who goes to Cheshire as well. So when was, so, I mean, a couple of shows back, we came on here and we talked about how we thought there was trouble in Manchester because everyone was leaving. And so when is the exact moment that you got into the fold? I would say in reality, it's in the last three weeks, maybe four weeks at max. Um, you know, and, and yeah, there were some difficulties, but, you know, let's not pretend that, um, you know, BBL clubs are easy to run. Um, these are difficult challenges. You know, the clubs, uh, you know, miraculously, thanks to the government and other, other people, uh, were able to, to run during COVID. I mean, if, if we, I think I actually said this on, on this show. I said, if we'd have said that we would have run a BBL league without fans during COVID, nobody would have believed that, you know, but that was very, very tough. Um, and I think coming out of COVID, you know, 
um, a, a lot of people caught a cold. And I just think you, you, if you just look around at the clubs, you know, don't forget Plymouth played during COVID. Uh, you know, whether it's Raiders, whether it's Patriots, you realize that there were some issues. You know, some other clubs did the same. And it doesn't mean that as soon as we come back, the problems are going to show. People may may work hard to cover it up or work hard to try and recover from it, but there are issues. And and so there were some of those issues. And I think, unfortunately, um, you know, like, like all of us, we all have a family to feed, right? So at the end of the day, I think the guys you've mentioned, you know, Coach and a couple of the guys, thought that it might be the best time for them to, to maybe look elsewhere. But also, you know, I guess Manchester, Manchester wasn't a fully professional club last year. You know, when we talk about practice, uh, you know, Drew, you were with us in London, you know, coming into practice at 10 o'clock in the morning, getting some stuff going on, going to your s &C. You know, it's a full-time job. And I don't think that was what was happening in Manchester. And, and, you know, credit to some of the great guys, by the way. And I thought, you know, one of the players of the year last year was Ulf. But, you know, in this new scenario that we're going into, there's no way he can be part of that because he works. You know, so I think there's all of those kind of things to 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 um, to talk about too. So I think it's just a case of how good can you make it? What what kind of influence can you bring to bear? You know, um, I've been fortunate enough to be around a long time. I know how to raise sponsorships. I know how to uh, uh, attract people, um, and and I'm able to do that. So before we kind of um, start touching on these exciting players, you can't name drop a Joe Leadham and expect us to kind of walk past that like in, in, in regards of a GM role. So for you, has this time off kind of firmly um, had you sitting in that coaching seat like you want to coach? And then also, why Joe Leadham? You know, why do you think that she could come in and be such a good GM? I mean, first of all, you know, fantastic human being, uh, fantastic player, obviously looking to the next stage of her career. You know, London have taken that step with a female GM as well, but in the in the women's game. Is this something that you could really see happening? Um, you know, because that's a, that's a big name and obviously you yeah, know her really of course. well. Um, listen, first of all, I, I've got to say out there for our female fans, you know, I've got five sisters and I don't have any brothers. <laughs> so I, I, I'm used to working with women. That's why... You know, Coach Andrea Bolland, you know, God bless her, you know, was with me from a very long time and uh, and things like that. And, you know, the women's team last year, you know, showed a lot of love. I look at the, the way they performed and all of that stuff. Um, I think you only need to look at Joe Leadham, right? Just look at her during a game. Shit. I'm, oops, sorry. I mean, if she was a, if, if, if she was a fireman, right? If she was a fireman, she would be the best fireman on earth. That's how I see it. If she was an astronaut, 100%. she'd be the best astronaut. She she takes her job so seriously, you know. She's she's um, uh, worldly wise. She's played in Europe. She's she's played in the UK. She's she's won everything. I mean, crikey, it's such an obvious move to me that I you know if I'm in a position and I hope to be in that position to offer her something like that, why not? You know, um, I think she's she's got such a bright mind, and and I think her coming back. I'm playing uh, last season with the women shows she actually cares about British basketball, you know, and let's not, you know, let's not mm -hmm. forget now we, we need those kind of people, you know, who put their time out. You know, I think, you know, Drew was about 17 when he came to Plymouth. Look at him now with his shades, you know what I'm saying? So put some time in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, man. I was actually 22 <laughs> to be exact, but um, <laughs> okay. So obviously one thing that we always talk about with the British Basketball League is infrastructure. And it seems that 
you know, teams are starting to really put more emphasis on that, as you mentioned, Joe Leadham, and bringing in people who have played at a high level, who have a lot to offer to bring them back to the game. So that's things that that's music to my ears and that I love to hear. So, I mean, let's talk about this roster. Obviously, you was announced six days ago. Ramon Fletcher, my teammate, um, you know, nine-time champion for the Newcastle Eagles gets announced two days ago, which was uh, we're recording here on a Friday evening UK time on Wednesday. And then before we go on live, Dirk Williams gets announced. So just talk us through your pitch and how you were able to bring these two players who have been two of the top five players in our league over the last couple of seasons. Well, you know, anybody who knows me knows that I'm committed to what I do, whatever that may be. Uh, I'm very, very committed. Um, I've been going to Manchester for some time recently, looking around, like I said to you, we're also looking at the the infrastructure of the city, what the city is doing. Um, about three or four weeks ago, they had a big uh, event um, around a sustainable green housing in Manchester, which I, have, I was fortunate to attend and, and met with the mayor of, uh, of Manchester. And some of the things that are happening there are, are through the roof. Um, really sensational. And, and we talked about the Manchester Giants and he said he had heard about conversations with myself and that if we were able to put something together, they felt as, as, as a city of Manchester that they could put some really good structure around it. You know, um, he said, yes, the city is red and the city is blue, but there's plenty of space in the middle for green, you know, and and that was the last piece of the puzzle that, that I needed. Um, so, uh, you know, I, he, I've already spoken to a bunch of people. We've got a lot of offers on the table. So that fired me up. So to your question, you know, as you know, I've always been an, an admirer of Ramon. And, and I, I thought there was some hesitancy about him going back to, to Newcastle. I don't know why. So. I spoke to him and, and he wasn't sure he was going to play again. You know, he thought he might go and chill in Australia or play in the summer league over there or something like that. So I said to him, I said, look, there's a lot of people who, who want to play for me, who, who've been reaching out, you know, coach what's happening, coach what's happening. I mean, my phone, my emails just blow up all the time. So I said, I think, you know, we could do something. And um, fortunately he, he believed in that and said he would take that chance. Um, same with Dirk. I mean, obviously he was let go. Um, uh, down south. So, you know, he was a guy that obviously has has a family that live live in in England, and he would rather prefer to stay in England than um, than go abroad. So, you know, he, he's he's married to an English lady. He might even qualify as a British player. You know, it's a no brainer, really. Yeah, I think you you know you've added two pieces there. I think what's really clever is Drew's obviously pointed out just how how high profile they are. You know, I think a lot of people were. Were more gobs back the, the the Ramon Fletcher, you know, they would understand the Dirk relationship. But also as well, I think you get two really highly motivated individuals because Ramon is a competitor and they've just come off a down year. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure he will be coming in with a chip on his shoulder. Dirk, like you said, you know, perhaps not wanted in this new revolution for, for, for the London Lions, but very much knows you as a coach and knows exactly what you can get out of him. You know, you, you've given him MVP form that he's had over the past couple of seasons. But let's kind of work it back a little bit. You've obviously had this little time out of the game and, and the situation in which had you leave London. What do you think you've learned in that? Because like very often we get far too carried away with, with celebrating all the successes. And like I said, one of the things I enjoyed in, in a few episodes with, with yourself is that we were able to track back and, and, and look at some of those things that you did, like either 
incredible things, ridiculous things, whatever it took to, to get you to that level, to the point where, you know, London is where they are now because of you. What, what did you learn from, you know, what could have been deemed as a, as a failure? But if I know you as an individual, you wouldn't have taken it that way. You would have taken it as growth. So what did you learn in that time out of the game and kind of having to leave at that well, point yeah. in the season? Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. And, and, and you're quite right. You know, I would not see any of that uh, as a failure because, you know, the way I was brought up, um, you know, and I say this to a lot of my players, um, you know, let's say if I were to take Dirk as an example, and I've said this to Dirk himself before, you know, I've said to Dirk Williams, I said, Dirk, you know, you're the CEO of Dirk Williams Limited, you know, and how you carry yourself as Dirk Williams is how Dirk Williams Limited is going to be seen. So good, bad, indifferent, you've got to remember that you're the face of your company. So for me personally, as Vince Bacoli, that's how I do things, you know. So in the struggles in Hemel Hempstead, in the, in the struggles and rise in Milton Keynes to be able to win with a small club, in the unbelievable struggles to get to the Olympic Park, I was doing it all with the right intention and all with the right belief uh, that I was representing the right way. I think what we built in, uh, in, um, in London there was, was sensational. Um, we were fortunate to, to win the league title, you know, before any investment of money came in. We showed that you could do that with nine British players. We showed that you could bring a, a Justin Robinson back to play in England or an OV Soko. Um, I've enjoyed every single step of, the, of that journey. I think being able to now package the club in a way in which it became um, interesting and exciting for high-rolling investors um, showed I did the right thing. Now, when it comes down to it, like you said before, I want to coach. That's what I want to do. Um, I believe I could be successful in this country as a coach. I've proved that. I had a, a belief that we could win in Europe with a particular style of play. We were joint top of our group. You know, um, I felt at the time we were at the um, kind of mid-January. To be honest with you, I felt if we had to carry on that way, I didn't see us losing another game, if I'm really honest with you. Um, but, you know, decisions were taken, and, and, and I'm completely comfortable with that. You know, I leave a legacy for a bunch of people, um, but I can go elsewhere with my head held high and uh, do it again. Yeah, I think one thing that's fascinating and I love that you just said is that someone who would be considered an old school coach, and I use the word old school just because you've been around the game so long, is that usually with those type of coaches, they're unable to um, transition into the new school. And so the new school is, is what you just said, is that these players now are a brand. Um, whether you like it or not, you know what I mean? Social media, all those aspects, you have to embrace that. So I love that comment about Dirk Williams. But just to piggyback off back off that London situation, and we haven't – we never really touched on it the couple times we had you on the show. But now that you are in a new situation, I want to ask you, obviously, we've said here on many times, Jay and I, about – how we had would we would have preferred if um, you would have seen the rest of the season out, but you know we don't know what, what happened behind the scenes, and we won't ask you that. But considering that situation, how much of that do you take into this new situation? Basically, my question is, how much are you motivated now as a coach? Listen, I, I'm fully motivated, not because of the situation, but I, I'm fully motivated. I mean, I'm watching basketball clips and I'm creating different stuff every single day of the week. My wife is sick and tired of me doing that. You know, that's what that's what we do. <laughs> you know, I see I see something new and I'm trying I'm moving things around the nice. table. Um I, I don't really know if I'm really honest what motivation that particular situation can give me because 
you know, we, we were second in the league in, in, in all terms and purposes. You know, we, we just, you know, played a monster club in, uh, in Russia to a, a buzzer beater defeat. Um, I was cool with all of that, really. And, and even when the situation came along, I was cool with it. You know, it, it's, I don't, I just don't have a truck with negativity. I just don't, you know, because you can't do that because it'll sap your energy, whatever energy, no matter who you are. And and I appreciate you not saying I was an old person when you called me old school, but there's so much energy that you have and you can't waste it. <laughs> so you put a smile on your face and you do the things you love to do. And actually that's what I, and so coming out of London gave me the opportunity to travel the world. I was able to go and watch the final fours. I haven't been able, Jimmy Rogers bought me my final four membership in 1993 and i have never been you know so i went over there wow. and had a whale of a time you know and and learned a lot conducted some clinics did some stuff um i loved it and it re-energized me as far as me really believing that yes that is what i want to do i want to take young men help them be the best they can be firstly as individuals and then put them in a position to win and enjoy that process you know and and that's actually what i enjoy doing um Obviously, I do know I'm, I'm one of the older guys in the game, and that's where the, exper the experience comes, you know, to be able to, to get a, a couple of bucks, you know, mm -hmm. for 10 years, to be able to, you know, attract big sponsors like ASOS and, and, and so on and so forth. I mean, it's what I do. Let's transition a little bit because you did mention that you will have some GM duties within that Manchester program. What do you think or where are you going to start with this Manchester brand? Because like you said, they made a final last year and, you know, something happened after that final that kind of had them tail off. But they definitely had something about them. Um, they obviously got involved with the Leicester Riders and they did that cross-branding piece. Uh, you know, I would love to see, you know, the Hulk come back, the brand in, because that's what I rec recognize from the 90s. You know, I remember the the all white with the black jerseys <laughs> with the with the Hulk in the middle. Um, what do, do, do you come in and you think, OK, I'm, I'm going to do some different things? Or are you looking at this as a plug and play where not too much has to change behind the scenes and you can concentrate on coaching? Where, where are no, you going? No, I, I think a lot has Manchester to change Giants on both brand? sides. I had a great conversation with, with Coach Lloyd Gardner about the experience. I had a great conversation with Dan Clark about the experience um, and a great conversation with Will Saunders. So I understand, you know, from inside and outside, top to bottom, how things operated there. Um, where you started on the question around the cup final, uh, you know, again, Drew knows this. When you go to a cup final and you lose, your season's going to go one way or the other. You know, you either have to gird your loins to be able to get back on the horse and be challenging for that playoff situation, or it tends to unravel. In this case, it unraveled. Now, whether that unraveled behind the scenes, on the scenes, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to comment. But because there were a lot of good things that were taking place in Manchester. They tried to look after their players. They were being fed at practice. They were being fed after games. They were, you know, there was a lot of good things happening. Unfortunately, some other stuff detracted from that. Now, that's because of infrastructure. And that's because certain people are not in certain places. And you're overstretching the people that you have. So right now, we, we have an entire administrative and backroom team that's been put in place by, by people entirely different. You know, it's going to be based in the heart of, of the city of Manchester. First class people who will do all the things that any business does at the highest level. You know, then when it comes to 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 the to the medical side, the, the looking after the players, all of that stuff. It, you know, I've just come back yesterday from the Taekwondo Center where the guys are going to be based from a fitness standpoint. 
I don't think you could get a better facility than that. I spent some time with the guys down at the Performance Center at GLL. I mean, you know, my relationship with GLL is sensational. Those guys, you know, by the time I got there, practices in the mornings are already set, all the fixtures ready in place. They're like, Vince, we, we spoke to them at, the, at Couple Box, we understand what you want. You know, so there's so much willingness. I mean, I, I don't want to show you my DMs in terms of Manchester fans just reaching out, reaching out. Manchester businesses reaching out, reaching out. There's a lot of work to do in that side, but we're going to need professionals. So creativity around the marketing that you talked about, we have a company that's going to be doing that. Um, the board will oversee the final decisions, but I will be putting everything in front of them that I believe is the way in which we need to go. So my time is going to be tight in the first two to three months. But after that, you know, there will be people there doing that stuff. This sounds really exciting. You're naming a lot of positions and, you know, I'm, you know, I might be looking for a job. So if you got something that you can offer, you know, I'd gladly take it. But all these things that you mentioned and to go back to my earlier point about the British Basketball League and the lack of um, infrastructure is because it comes down to finances ultimately. So all these things that you mentioned, I'm sure they're not free. I'm sure they're not cheap. So where exactly has the finances come in such a short period to be able to fill these positions and to bring in a player like Dirk? Well, Williams I think it's a couple Fletcher. of things. I think, first of all, you know, we, you know, pardon the pun, Manchester being a sleeping giant, obviously, he just needed a trigger. And I believe I'm that trigger, first of all. Second of all, you know, as you know, I attracted a lot of investment into London uh, in the last two to three years. That created a stir, you know, in various places across you know, I don't want to say across the globe as if there's something happening, like some kind of movement. But I mean, you know, in, in, in significant places around the world, a lot of people took notice. Um, you know, they say, you know, it, it's easier to borrow a million than it is to borrow 100 quid. You, you know, and really, it's easier to attract those kind of people when you're talking about putting a Kevin Ware or a DeAndre Liggins on the floor. And then you're talking to Marcus Teague and putting him on the floor. People want to know how this happens and how that could happen. And can it happen anywhere else in, London, in, in England? Why can it, has it happened in London? Can it happen in Manchester? Can it happen in Birmingham? And I've been talking to those people. And the minute I was, I was a free man as such, you know, people came to me and said, you know, where do you think will be the next place? You know, the guys in Birmingham came to me straight away and said, Vince, we'd like you to be part of that project. Unfortunately, that project's not going to be for some time. So, you know, that's what brought the ability for sponsors to come along and say, Vince, if you're going somewhere, we want to let you know that we're right here to support you. So you'll be you'll be hearing those announcements over the next two weeks, pretty significant sponsors, um, who some of them Manchester-based, who are going to help us achieve some of these dreams that we have. And and there's absolutely no reason. I mean, the, the um, we have the 2,200, 2,300 seats at, at uh, the Performance Center. We've got the, the Manchester Arena itself. And the people building the, the new co-op live. I mean, I've sat down and met with the, with the CEO who's building that. You know, he's a colleague. He's a colleague of uh, the former owners of London Towers. You know, they want to talk about what the possibilities are. They believe in a few years, the way the growth of Manchester is happening, the Etihad sort of sporting campus will actually be the city centre. You know, and these are the people that we're working with. It'd be remiss of me not to ask this question, whether you can answer it or not. We've, we've obviously mentioned him a couple of times, Dan Clark. Are you able to clarify like what his position will be at Manchester Giants? Will he continue? Will he be a part of your plans? Yeah, yeah. I believe that we will know the answer to that anything? in the next 10 to 14 days. Um, you know, um, on a positive side, I believe that there's some particular draws to Manchester for him uh, that are good and positive for us. Um, I think he, he, he wanted to learn what kind of a team we might be putting together, 
how we might complement his style and and his um you know what can i say not desires but as such but you know he can't be playing 39 minutes like he was doing last year you know all of that stuff you know can we put a team together that can be competitive that allows him to play a few minutes less and be the best of himself so those are the kind of conversations that we're having with dan very very positive um and um, I'm hopeful maybe in the next 10 days or so, 14 days, we can get something positive out of it. I mean, there's so many exciting things happening and we can't wait to the season. I mean, the season opener, the Manchester Giants go to Newcastle Eagles. You got Sky Sports starting at the very beginning of the season and then uh, Leicester Riders London in week two. It's just so many things that Jay and I are, are, are gearing up for. I mean, what excites you most about the league and have you ever seen it this exciting obviously you were part of the Budweiser days but um it's been a while since we had this much exciting no you're quite right it's been a long while I think um one of the things that we did very well back in those days that you refer to is we kind of promoted our superstars you know I think um no disrespect to the Newcastle fans um you know being able to have Ramon Fletcher in, in in Manchester was a superstar move in terms of everybody knows who he was but before it was like oh yeah Fletcher at Newcastle, Fletcher at Newcastle. So it may be got a little slit, but now it's gone right back to the top of the agenda. You know, the guys at um, Plymouth, I can't remember the, the the point guard's name. I'm trying to remember his name. Um, Antonio Williams. I mean, Antonio they're Williams. having to hold him back so he doesn't run to the copper box tomorrow morning. You know, he looks like he's ready to bust somebody. You know, um, these, these are guys <laughs> I love to see. I, I might even go Absolutely. and watch that game. Um, you know, I just think that it's about, the, the game is about players. You know, it's not about all this other peripheral stuff. In the end, it's about players, you know. And, and you know, Ovi Soak was back in London. That's great. The last time he came, every building sold out. So these are all positive things. And the more we continue to talk about the players and push that narrative, the better, you know. And, and that's why I think people are excited because they're, they're actually talking about players. I'm as excited as they can be. And, and fans, if you didn't know this, you figured out in this conversation that Coach Vince can sell snow to Eskimos and we are delighted to have you back. I think you only have to look at social media. You have to see how excited everybody is to have you back. And there's absolutely no doubt with this announcement that this has made the league even more excitement going into this season. So we really appreciate your time coach. And we're so excited to see who else you're going to add. Well, you know, there's a couple of guys uh, on this this all-star team who could uh, put a ball in the hoop. You never know. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> don't don't tease me, but he he needs a new. He, you could get him for a new man bag. Apparently, if you get him a new man bag, he'll play. I'm enjoying retirement. Sorry, sorry, sorry Drew. I am good. Trust sorry, Drew. Me. I mean, I could I could help pick players, but I'm definitely not going out there. That's for sure. But but yeah, thank, thanks for your time. As always, um, your transparency. It's always appreciated, and uh, this will not be the last time we see you here on this show uh, this season. So we look forward to following the Manchester Giants. We look forward to seeing you back in the league, and this is an exciting time. And fans, uh, you know where to find us following the hot news. Same place, same time here on the show. The show. The show. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. We got him. Let's go. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the BBL Show. The BBL Show is a 21 media original podcast produced by Corey Mallory with your host, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. Keep up to date with the show by following the BBL on Twitter, 
Facebook and Instagram, where you can find details on future episodes, events, and fan interaction. Until next time.